0: Hello you beautiful fucking souls. I just want to check in with you today and I want to invite you to check in with yourself. How are you sitting right now? Or laying or standing or if you're cleaning or whatever the fuck you're doing. Feel into your body for a second. How does it feel? Is there any tension where there shouldn't be? Are you sitting or standing in an uncomfortable position without realizing it? Is your jaw clenched? Are your shoulders up to your fucking head right now? How are you physically fucking feeling right now? And I want to take, or I want to invite you to take a moment to just take a couple deep breaths, whether you're in a comfortable position or not. It's really, really good to take a couple breaths and do this a couple times throughout the day because it helps with your brain waves. I, right now, am blanking on all the right terminology, so I'll get back to you on that. But breathing in a proper manner will reduce, I believe, your brain waves to a very calm state. And that will help you function whether you're cleaning, whether you're in a high stress situation. It will just help you. So take a couple breaths. If you feel like it, of course. You're your own boss. All right, to dive into today's episode topic, I have another beautiful, fucking amazing guest on my podcast veronica she talks so eloquently and i just absolutely love the discussion that we fucking had it was so long that i actually split it up into part one and two so you are listening to part one right now enjoy hello you lovely beautiful fucking souls and welcome to the you're not fucked podcast hosted by yours truly alexa fucking bramer This is your motherfucking guide to a deeper embodiment of your soul in order to create and attract a bigger, better, beautiful fucking life that will leave you feeling so fulfilled in your heart. It's time to love the fuck out of yourself. And I can't create this life for you, but what I can do is be a guide along your journey so that you can truly and deeply enjoy your current human experience with so much joy and gratitude. Magic is in the motherfucking mess, baby. Thus, trial and error is your best friend. So let's make some motherfucking magic. Personal Development Coach. With over a decade of relationship-based training, she has worked with hundreds of men and women through the process of identifying clear values, setting goals, and achieving results. She feels strongly about the importance of conscious partnerships, believing that we all benefit from surrounding ourselves with supportive relationships for mutual benefit and growth. Her unique coaching programs, events, and workshops combine knowledge from a wide variety of experts, healers, and spiritual teachers with their passion for having manifestation manifestate the oh my goodness manifestating practice that works and that is a lovely little bio for her and what would you like to say for our listeners right now
1: yeah I'm just really excited to be here and have this type of conversation um I think in the 10 years that I really like immersed myself in relationship training I think it's really become apparent to me that this isn't really something that we learn in school. This isn't really part of our curriculum. And unless you really seek it out for yourself, it's sort of something that we tend to kind of make up as we go along. (laughs) And then we wonder why we struggle and it's a challenge. And it's because it's something that we haven't practiced. It's something that we haven't received training in. And so that's why I'm really passionate about working with people within the context of relationships, because our relationships are the quality of our life, right? And how do we improve our relationships? By doing personal development. And so it all kind of goes
0: together. So really excited to be here today. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to have you today too. Thank you for joining us. And I think that you're going to share a lot of passion and wisdom for people. I think you're going to say some things that really resonate with people. I think you're going to say other things that people just had no idea about because like you said, we're not taught this in school. And I think that society would be a lot different. I think a lot of us would be thriving so much more in our individual and relationships with others if we were taught things like this because it is so crucial whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's um, a business partnership, whether it's your co workers, whether it's your family, like relationships are literally the building blocks of everything we do in life. And it's just crazy that we don't get taught these really, really key foundations to relationships. And if you want to expand on that a little bit more, what are some foundations to relationships that you think that we should speak more about that we should know more about?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest things about relationships that I want people to know is that they are in our lives to teach us lessons, right? We learn about ourselves. We learn about life through our relationships. And so the second thing is we need many relationships in our lives, right? And there isn't any particular one that's more important than the other, Of course, a romantic or intimate relationship is particularly challenging because of the closeness of it, right? And then you have that whole mirroring effect and, you know, the shadow coming out and all that kind of stuff that that happens in an intimate relationship. But like you said, business partnerships, friendships, colleagues, people you do projects with, people you volunteer with. All of these relationships are an opportunity for you to learn about yourself and learn about life and who you want to be, who you don't want to be and, you know, help you become more of what you're meant to be in this world. And so, you know, even in my blog, I, I, kind of went off on the whole ship thing and I'm like, you know, we need a lot of boats in our fleet. You know, we've got the little boats, we've got the big (laughs) boats and we've got, you know, and I was just trying to paint this context of, yeah, like, you're not going to get through the storms of life on one little dinky boat, like you need a fleet, you know. So I tend to go off on metaphors a lot, but we love it's metaphors, just here. Like paint the picture, you know, make it make sense. So yeah.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I just had to say that really quick, but I love, love metaphors. I love analogies. I think it is so important to have that kind of visual aspect because it also brings some fun into it too. Like it, it doesn't have to be always heavy and hard. Like you get to have some like I said, fun and joy with it too. And I love boats, So it's a cool analogy. And also speaking from personal experience, I fell into a really toxic idea of spirituality and self-development for a while where it was like, you have to do everything alone. Like this journey is your own journey and you have to do it. You have to do the work internally. Yes, but you don't have to be so alone in your journey either. You don't have to isolate yourself and that's what I ended up doing and yes, there are some things that I learned being isolated and then I realized that I could only learn so much by myself because our other people around us are one of the best catalysts to learning because there's so many different types of people. There's so many different types of personalities and then people are different in different situations too and as they grow, as they go through different seasons, they'll interact differently with you and it's just this basically infinite pool of learning and like, like you said too, sometimes you need a fleet to get through a storm. You're not meant to go through it alone. And so I really love that you touched on that because I think that is something I see still a lot in the toxic side of spirituality and self-development is that you have to do everything alone, be hyper-independent, which is actually trauma response. I think one of our greatest gifts that we're given as humans is to be able to connect with others. We are by nature a social Um, social animals. Some animals aren't, but humans really, really are to our core. And yes, there's different degrees where people can be more isolated than others and be fine with it. But as a general average thing, we're very, very social creatures. So I love how you described that boat analogy. Thank you.
1: And yeah, from a spiritual standpoint, um, it's very much about balance. Like I've found that It's never one extreme or the other. Right. Isolation and learning to be with yourself and accept yourself and love yourself and not need other people to validate that for you is a huge part of the process. If you can't enjoy your own company, if you get all squirrely every time you're left by yourself, that indicates a little bit of an issue. Right. You you want to be just as solid and comfortable in your own company when you do have those moments of solitude. And I do think there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Those are two different things, right? To be able to enjoy that, right? And then also to have the balance of the socializing, the relationships, the partnerships, working together, being together and all that kind of stuff and so it's really about finding the balance and i know for me the goal is to just be at peace and happy and find joy you no know, matter what my circumstances are whether i'm with people or i'm alone or whether things are going well or they're not <laughs> and that's something that i really struggle with because when things aren't going well i am not happy about it and so it's like okay how how can i find the happiness what what little things can I implement so that even though things aren't going great right now, I trust that this is part of the process and it doesn't mean anything about me. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that I'm stupid. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. This is just part of the process until I get to the next level, you know, and then something else will happen to challenge me because that's life, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, you know, if we're not making progress, we're not happy, you know, so happiness is really about progress and there's no progress without at least a little bit of challenge. Right. And so that's where relationships really come in handy because when you have someone that goes, I understand it's okay. I've been there. This is how I got through it. You learn and you don't feel alone. Right. And you did touch on it, like psychologically, love and belonging is a need, it's wired into our brains. And we know now that even biologically, you know, newborns that aren't touched, you know, they they don't thrive, they don't grow, they get sick, sometimes they die like, so the love and belonging is really wired through us on so many different levels. And so you know, how do we make a point of surrounding ourselves with people who help us thrive, as opposed to relationships that maybe drag us down, hold us back, make us sick, (laughs) you know, Um, because I've been in those toxic relationships, too, where all of a sudden, I started exhibiting chronic, you know, illness, like issues, right? And so, we have to be careful with who we choose because, you know, they can either bring us up and make us better or they could drag us down and make us sick or worse, you know. So being really selective about who you choose to be in a relationship with is another thing that I really advocate for in my
0: work. I really, really love everything that you said. I think it is so important that you're promoting being selective with who you're in a relationship with. Again, like relationship for anyone that's listening is not just, she's not just speaking about romantic. She's talking about our relationships with their families, colleagues, friends, coworkers, um, It's very, very important because way out when you're lonely and you don't know how to spend any time by yourself, you're going to try and fill that void with anyone and everything. And that's not necessarily going to be a good thing. It's going to bring you down, which will amplify the loneliness effect. And it's like a feedback cycle. So when you can take that time alone, you know, and I've been through this myself, I might not have these people in my life right now that uplift me. But I would rather spend this time alone, knowing the right people will come, and that I will choose the right people, opposed to filling that void, which will actually drag me down and make it even harder to find those uplifting, supportive people. And I've had that challenge a lot. I've had a lot, like, lengthy, alone periods, but there's just something in my soul that has always whispered to me, no, I would rather be alone right now than to be with people that don't fill my soul or drag me down because it can happen very quickly too if we're not careful if we're not watching how our energy is how we feel when we're around other people if we're not paying attention to that then it can go down really fast like we can feel when we're not around the right people we can feel like or we can feel when we're in the wrong relationship when we're in the wrong career it our body tightens we don't feel good we It's a natural kind of feeling when you're not in the right situation or with the right people, but when you are, you feel that too just as much. You feel your body is, it's looser, it's more light, you feel joy, you smile more. It's not something that you have to force when you're with the right people or in the right situation. And I really, really love that you do speak to people about being selective. I think that's something, again, that should be taught more. A lot of people, especially people pleasers, are taught that, oh, just accept and love everyone. But yeah, you can love everyone. Everyone, but they don't have to necessarily eat at your table. You can want them to eat at a table, just not yours. And that's okay too. It's okay for you to be like, no, this person, I'm going to treat them with respect, but I do not want to feed my energy into this. And that's, and it's also okay to change your mind. If you've been in a relationship, whether a friendship or a partnership, whatever, and you all of a sudden realize that this isn't good for you, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay if it was going good and now it's not, or you denied certain parts of yourself so you can see the truth. And What helped you figure out or get out of a toxic relationship that you've been in? Like, What advice can you give to someone if they think they might be in one or they're trying to get out of one?
1: Oh, that's a big subject. (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, was probably like 15 years ago now. And it was actually a psychiatrist who was teaching me about burglar and the concept of psychic masochism and how we self-sabotage to perpetuate the feeling of being a victim in our own lives and how it's all like this unconscious process in our brains. And in that process, he taught me that in every relationship, and again, we're not just talking about romantic relationships, but whenever there's two people In a situation, there's actually four, because there's the conscious representation and the unconscious representation, right? So there's always four, let's say, personalities in the dynamic when you have two people together. And then if you consider a family where there are children and other family members in the household, that's a lot of personalities. Like it's you know, you're dealing with a lot of different complexities. And so we'll just stick with two people. So when you find yourself in a toxic dynamic, there's the two consciousness, you know, factors, but then there's also the two unconscious factors. And so that unconscious is what's perpetuating the cycle of the toxicity in the relationship. And sometimes what we forget is, you know, am I coming at this consciously or am I reacting unconsciously? You know, what part of myself is being provoked here, right? And what part of myself is provoking here? (laughs) And then you're wondering, are you dealing with your partner's consciousness or unconsciousness, right? and so you've got all these different dynamics and i think what's going on today is that we're so quick to point the finger and label other people as toxic and there's all kinds of names we can call them and i don't really want to get into that right now because i have unpopular opinions but <laughs> you know we we forget that you know it's it's also the energy that we're bringing in right and so to make like a Personal example of myself. You know, I self admittedly have abandonment issues, right? So for me, abandonment is often like an underlying trigger, right? And so my husband, who I've now been with for close to 18 years, (laughs) you know, I was 23 when I met him and now I'm 40. So we've been through a lot, but like my husband will do something that is completely harmless but my unconscious that is triggered by my abandonment issues attaches a meaning to his behavior that says he's abandoning me he's rejecting me he's selfish he's not considering me he only thinks about himself da 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 and <laughs> my brain goes on and makes this whole story and of course I could call a girlfriend and she'll be like, yeah, he's an asshole. And I'm like, yeah, then, then that you deserve better. And then, 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 then like it totally unravels. Right. But it was really like a harmless thing that he just didn't feel like doing this particular thing on that particular day, you know? And so I think one thing that we need to be very careful with, especially when we're in a committed relationship. A committed relationship is an important relationship in your life that you've made a commitment to, and it has to be bigger than yourself. It has to be beyond your ego and what your ego wants and needs at any given time, right? So obviously the relationship with my husband is important and I can't benefit from my ego running off and calling him an asshole every time I don't get my way, right? Right. And so, but it would be so easy to just label him as a narcissist, you know, because he's self-centered. He was only thinking about himself. He doesn't care about my needs. And then like the brain makes up this whole story about it. And it's really good at finding all the evidence it needs to prove its case. Right. But like, he's just a dude. He's just a guy, you know, and like, he loves me. He takes care of me. It's been 18 years. But holy moly, can I make a story in my head if I'm not being mindful about who's at the wheel? Is it my unconscious that's trying to make up this self-sabotaging story that I'm the victim? Or am I just consciously going to accept him for who he is and realize he's an autonomous person who's, you know, in his own world with his own needs and wants And he's not always going to give me what I need and want in the moment. And it doesn't have to mean anything bad about the relationship. And I don't want to dismiss the fact that some people are in truly abusive situations. You know, like there are serious situations where somebody is hurtful and it's conscious and you're just like, you're in a really bad situation. But for the most part if we all just practice a little bit of mindfulness and maybe a lot of forgiveness even <laughs> you know the dynamic in our relationships can shift and we don't always have to perpetuate the cycle of pointing the finger you know and being quick to blame i think people need the benefit of the doubt just as we would want someone to give us the benefit of the doubt should we ever disappoint them or you know, not meet their needs in a particular way.
0: I feel like you were speaking straight to my soul there. And I know a lot of people are going to gain a lot of wisdom out of what you just said, because I really agree with that. I think that, again, something that is being really, really pushed in the self-development and spiritual community is don't be around toxic people. They're toxic, they're toxic. But we need to look at ourselves because oftentimes if we've been around toxic people a lot, We also have those traits. And I'm not saying that people deserve to be around toxic people, but at the same time, you don't want to be toxic with someone healthy and hurt them because they don't deserve that either. And you do deserve a healthy relationship with people. So you want to look at yourself and be like, okay, well, what wounds do I have that I'm now bleeding onto other people that didn't give me those wounds? Like, how can I heal these toxic parts? And that's something that I recently learned too, actually. I'm in a fairly new relationship but it is very very serious and I realized that there was still a lot of toxic parts in me that I thought I had healed or I was not aware even existed and I have done quite a bit of work but that doesn't mean the work is ever done and I spent I'm very young still I'm turning 25 this month and I have spent pretty much up until this year with toxic people. I never had a full break. I never had a period of my life where I didn't have someone toxic or abusive. And a lot of that was me self-sabotaging. A lot of it was me too. It wasn't just these other people, even though they did do certain things that were completely unacceptable. So did I. I did things that I can't even believe I did now. But at the time, I just, I didn't realize I could make excuses. I could be like, well, they're the toxic one. I was very toxic myself, too, and that's why I kept attracting toxic partners and toxic friendships, because I was very toxic, and someone who was very healthy was not going to stay around someone like that. So I had to really look within myself at the start of this relationship, even a couple weeks ago, even a couple days, because I really want to make it work, and so I want to be aware, like you said, who's in the driver's seat is it my conscious self or is it my subconscious wounds that I haven't healed yet and I'm not aware of or I'm possibly ignoring by accident and I had to really realize that yeah my partner is not here to be my servant they're not here to fill my needs all the time and that's very different than someone who is constantly putting their wants above your needs that's a different topic but I'm talking about someone like you your husband who does treat you very well, they're still human, they have their own wants and needs, and sometimes we're not number one, and that's okay too. You want a partner who is taking care of themselves, and we mess up. Sometimes we're not always there for our partner. Sometimes we're unaware of their needs or wants in a moment, and so like you said, having a lot of forgiveness in our relationship is so key because if you want someone to forgive you, Why can't you give them that energy too? You want to be able to forgive them like you would want to be forgiven because we're humans. Humans are messy. Relationships are complicated sometimes, and that doesn't mean complicated, put up with the toxicity, but complicated that sometimes you need to self-reflect and talk it out. And that's something me and my partner are constantly doing is we're really good at talking about things like right when it happens. There's been the odd time that maybe an hour later, but we we don't go to bed mad. We are very aware when the other person is off and we bring it up. It's like, hey, I can tell you're acting a little funny. If you're not ready to tell me now, please do tell me when you feel comfortable. I'm here. I want you to know if I upset you, I want to talk about it. which is very, very different than the other relationships I've had where I've tried to communicate and it just got turned around on me. They got very angry. They spun it around. But I've also been that person that was very reactive if a partner tried to tell me something. And so it's very refreshing because it's a completely different kind of support system that I'm getting in this relationship to have someone say, I hear you. I might not completely understand, but I want to understand. Can you explain more? Or I see why you feel that way. That was not my intention, but I still validate how you feel. And I think that stems from me validating myself too, because if he doesn't see it right away my way, that's okay. I know that my feelings are still valid and so are his. His are very important too. It's not just my perspective. This is a union. This is a relationship. It's not just all about me and my perspective. And so I really love that you brought that kind of up with your husband, that he is an autonomous being. He has his own wants, his own dreams, his own feelings. It's not just all about us. And it's very important that it's, you know like i said before it's not someone that's putting their wants before your needs all the time that's not good that's very unhealthy but don't just always point the fl- the finger and as soon as someone does something maybe even a little selfish that oh they're a narcissist and mm-hmm. i if you don't feel comfortable sharing i completely understand but i love pushing the edge on topics and i would love to hear your unpopular opinions but again if you're not comfortable this is I don't want to push you at all. I just love to, I love to hear unpopular opinions because I think it really makes people think.
1: Well, I think, you know, the word narcissist is one that I get a lot of backlash on um, because it seems like everybody today is either dating a narcissist, their ex was a narcissist, their parents were narcissists. It's like, it's it's a word that is used a lot. And I spend a lot of time in Facebook groups, you know, trying to make connections and talking to people. And it's just one of those words. And, <clears throat> you know, I I get a lot of backlash because when I listen to someone who is pointing the finger and accusing a lot of people in their lives of being narcissists, I have to ask them, in what ways are you being a narcissist, right? Like, because everybody in your life is a mirror and you attract what you're ready for, right? You're attracting people in your life that are going to reveal the shadow side of yourself that you have not acknowledged Or brought to the surface yet so if you are surrounded by narcissists it may serve you to look at your own narcissism and see in what areas of your life you are being selfish or self-centered and you know not considering other people and that kind of thing and I know It sounds dismissive to someone who is, you know, really in it and really suffering and really triggered and really, you know, feeling abused and taken advantage of and completely depleted, you know, and it's, it seems harsh to turn it back around on the victim and be like, well, how how are you being like how did this happen for you <laughs> you know um and that's why i consider it an unpopular opinion when you know someone is really adamant about blaming all the outside circumstances for how they feel and i do approach it with some sensitivity because i've been there like when i was your age when i was 25 I was hitting rock bottom. Like my relationships were non-existent. Yes, I was with the man who's now my husband at the time, but things were not going well. Like it was just, I was acting out like all my abandonment issues, all my codependency issues. Like it it was just like, it was a disaster, but like, I would have never looked at myself and gone, well, how are you showing up? How are you being? that is allowing the people around you to be like that. Like what, like, so it wasn't really until I was 28 that I started therapy and my personal development journey. And that psychiatrist who told me about burglar and the four personalities and all that, he was like, you're doing this to yourself. You know, like it's nobody else's fault. Like you're at the driver's seat of your own life. And I was like, what? and i had a laundry list of no he does this he does this he does this he does that my mom this my dad that my brothers everybody like poor me you know and he's like no like you're doing this to yourself and i was you know upset and i swore at him and i almost fired him and <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but i kept going and i actually went to see that guy for two years Um, twice a week for two years until it really got into my brain and now it's like every time that automatic thought comes into my head that basically says I'm a victim it's somebody else's fault I have to snap out of it and I have to take radical responsibility and like my ego does not want to be responsible like I, For me to admit I'm wrong is very hard. For me to apologize is very hard. I'm a Leo. It's a thing. So, you know, it's really hard. But taking like the ultimate responsibility for everything that happens to me, for me, around me, and everything that I do has really made the biggest difference in my life. And I think that that's one of the major keys to personal development is practicing taking full responsibility for everything. And the automatic response to that is usually, but what about them? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or does when you're taking full responsibility, it really doesn't. And that in itself is completely freeing because at that point, there's nothing that anybody else can say or do that can really have an effect on you, right? It It's very empowering <laughs> to really
0: take that on. Oh, that is, like you said, very empowering, and it's so freeing because... It doesn't matter what anyone does or says. And it doesn't mean that everyone's always nice to you. But when you take radical responsibility for yourself, you're also willing to not put up with certain people's behavior and be like, well, I'm choosing to be around these people. I'm choosing to have this partnership. I'm choosing to have this job. I'm choosing this. I'm choosing this. So then when you have that empowerment, you know, well, I get to make a different choice. Maybe I can't change it immediately. Maybe I'm in a really bad financial situation um period of my life and I need a job and I can't just quit and wait for the next one to come but you can take the steps even if it takes a while and that's what that radical responsibility frees you to do is knowing that you are not stuck you're not stuck in these relationships you're not stuck in these things that are draining you and it's just so important to not always be pointing the finger because Well, if you really feel that way, why are you hanging out with that person? Do you really, really think that your boss is a narcissist? Why are you still working there? And a lot of people have a hard time hearing that, not because they don't want to change and do the work, but like you said, our ego jumps in and it wants to protect us. And it's like, wait, wait, no, it's, it's not my fault. What do you mean? It's everything else. Like, uh, no, no, no. And again, that victim mentality, which I've been struggling with a lot and realized, I didn't realize how deeply ingrained it was in me. And I've done quite a bit of work, but I, over the last few months, I feel like I've done the, sorry, how do I say this? I feel like I've been doing even more work with the victim mentality in the last few months that have got me farther than in the last few years, because I just didn't realize how deeply embedded it was I wanted to point the finger at everything and everyone at a very subconscious level that I didn't even realize it was with everything I was doing and now that I've taken charge and been like I'm not a victim I don't care how long it takes me to change I know these things that feel impossible can change and it's like overnight these things are changing and I've spent years trying to change them and I didn't realize it's because I was coming at them with the victim mentality still and thinking that poor me me. That's what was going through my head whether it was subconscious or conscious sometimes. It was a very poor me attitude like if I just had different circumstances or different people or this or that and then I would read stories of people who had it even worse than me and were able to come out of it on the other side and that's what grounded me and kept making me realize wait no there's something wrong with the way I'm thinking. It's not that I can't change. It doesn't rain forever. Nor is a pendulum's movement a straight line. Seasons change, pendulums swing, waves rise and fall. The point being is that the only consistency in life is change itself. So grab your surfboard and let's learn to ride this motherfucking wave together. Let's learn to radically fucking love ourselves rain or shine baby. This is our fucking life and it's time to take it back.